Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. The subject of our teaching uh, today is I'm going to do part two of spiritual laws that govern financial freedom. Last Sunday, we did part one. Today, I'm going to do part two and answer a very important question, as I have mentioned to you last Sunday. Now, the last time we were together... I have taught that financial freedom and financial prosperity obtained by faith in God is governed by spiritual laws. Now, once those laws are understood, activated, and constantly applied in our lives, they begin to produce results. And that's what we are after. I am going to briefly mention those three spiritual laws that I have taught last Sunday for the benefit of those who perhaps were not with us last week. The three overall laws that govern financial freedom by faith and through faith is first of all, living for God. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So the first spiritual law or principle is to live for God, to seek first and foremost the kingdom of God, do things the way God does things, and seek his righteousness. In other words, seek first the interests of the kingdom of God above our own. The second spiritual law is found in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, where the scripture speaks of the law of sowing and reaping. And this spiritual principle is also mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul teaches about sowing and reaping financially. And finally, the third spiritual law that governs prosperity is recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, I think, where it speaks of our giving needs to be done and accompanied by a cheerful attitude. In other words, it has to be done in faith and love And as we give money to men, we also need to give faith to God. And so today, as we continue on part two, I want to answer a question that I'm sure maybe some of you are still asking that question. And the question that really bothered me for quite a long time was, 
why don't we all see the harvest of our giving? Why is it that the word works for some people while it doesn't work for others? And I have seen this. Why do some people prosper financially within the house of God while others don't, even though they diligently and faithfully pay their tithes and regularly give offerings? I don't know. Have you ever asked that question? Maybe in your own life? Uh, I know that this bothered me for quite a long time. Now, recently, I have had a couple sit in my office, and this couple have walked with us, I would say, for over 20 years. They sat in my office telling me how much money they gave to the church over the years, and yet they are still struggling financially, and at times they can't even provide for the family. When I hear things like that, it breaks my heart because I know that this is not the will of God. And I knew that the problem was not from God's side. The problem must be on man's side. If the word doesn't work, then it's not God's fault or God's word that has a problem. It's always something wrong on our side. Either we are not doing what we should be doing, or uh, we, we, are, we are not doing it according to what the scriptures teach us. Now, as I turned my thoughts one morning to the Lord, it was a Sunday morning, and that particular Sunday I was teaching on the power and the principle of the seed. I saw the answer to my prayer. Everything became so clear to me. And the answer was hidden in one of the verses of Scripture from the book of Proverbs, which we're going to look at together. It was just like the Lord opened up my understanding to understand why the word works for some while it doesn't work for others. And it was a revelation. The verse of Scripture that the answer was hidden in was found is found in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4. And I want you to read that from your own Bible. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. This is what the word says. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Let's read it again. Through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. What was highlighted to my spirit was the word knowledge knowledge by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches knowledge which is accompanied by wisdom and understanding 
enables us to build and establish a solid financial base from which we can operate. I saw why my giving worked for me. I understood it. It was because it was accompanied by revelation knowledge, which produced the kind of faith I needed for this principle to work. And you know, in the kingdom of God, without faith, nothing works. I was reminded also of another verse of scripture from the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 4. And verse 6 says, my people, that's God speaking, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The only reason I believe that we are being destroyed, either in our finances or in our marriage or in our relationships or in any other area of our life, is because we lack the necessary knowledge and skill that it takes to prosper in that particular sphere of life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, Paul speaks of the abundant grace that is given to the believer where finances are concerned. This is one of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. You should know this verse off by heart and meditate on it regularly. This is God speaking to you. This is what the word says. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Wow, that is a very powerful promise from the word of God. Let's read that again. And God is able, amen, to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now, this abundant grace Paul is speaking about is in the area of finances. And it is found in the abundance of revelation knowledge, the knowledge which comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The first place we go to is the word of God concerning the subject that we are teaching on. Don't be too quick. Many people have rushed out without studying the word of God. And don't be too quick to sow unless you go to the word first and study the subject thoroughly. This is so important. Meditate on the scriptures we have shared with you. Stay with them and stay with them until faith rises in your heart. And when that happens, it's time to act. Some people have stepped out prematurely and they've acted unwisely without faith and they stumbled. And when they did stumble, they got offended at God and they got offended at the preacher who taught these principles. When I first heard about the tithe, I was about two weeks old in the Lord. And when I heard about it, the tithe and the offering, I immediately put those 
things into practice. I did not for one moment question it. Now, I was so glad the Lord saved me that I was willing to do anything for him. Never mind give him 10% of my income and an additional offering on top of that. I recall I was earning at that time. It was 1976. I was working for my father-in-law and I was earning 250 Zimbabwe dollars a month. You know, later on, of course, I began to study the scriptures on the subject. I meditated on the promises of God that God gives to those who faithfully tithe and give offerings. In all the years, and this is my testimony to the glory of God. I'm not boasting here. I'm giving all the glory and the praise to the Lord. In all the years I have walked with the Lord, I have not missed the tithe and I have not withheld my hand from giving offerings in good times and in lean times. Month after month, I recall, as I go back over 44 years ago, I would put my tithe in an envelope, an additional offering, and take it down to the church house. And every Sunday morning, I would put it in the offering basket. You know, those days, we didn't have the means that we have today, internet banking and so on and so forth. And so we did it all cash, put it in an envelope and put it into the offering basket. Later on, when I was first taught about the principle of first fruits, I acted upon that teaching out of sheer obedience. But listen to me, I did not stay there. I did not camp on another man's revelation. And this is where most people stay all their lives. They never go deeper into the teaching. They fail to study the word on the subject for themselves. And they fail to renew their minds with the word of God. They go on someone else's revelation. I spent hours and hours in the word searching the scriptures, meditating on them, studying the subject of financial prosperity, because I considered it to be important, important for me, important for my family, important for my testimony, and important for the kingdom of God. Out of my research and out of my diligent study on the subject, my mind was renewed and my heart was filled with knowledge and faith. Knowledge produced the kind of faith which was needed not only to give, but also to receive the harvest of my giving. The Bible speaks of 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold harvest. The only time I recall I received a 100-fold harvest was when we sowed a seed of 10,000 rand into missions back in 1994. I will never forget it. All we had in the bank was about 12,000 rand. And um, I was supposed to travel to Greece on a mission. And I called the two um, elders that were with me. And I said, listen, folks, if we want to reap a harvest, we got to sow a seed. Well, we took 10,000 rand. We sowed it into the mission field. Within two and a half years, we received a harvest of 
200,000 rand. And we put that building up debt-free. We did the parking, we paved it, and all was done without borrowing one cent from the bank. And I believe this is the way God wants us to work. He wants us to live by the principles of his kingdom, sowing and reaping, and accompanied with the other principles that I shared with you. Now, I studied the scriptures, scripture after scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. I began to build the word into my heart, according to Isaiah 28. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 and verse 8, But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop and sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. He was teaching on the parable of the sower. Now, the reason it did not work for others was because the giving was not accompanied by revelation knowledge which in turn produces faith. They did not take the time that was required to prepare the soil of the hearts through the word concerning the subject of giving. Listen, in the natural, no farmer goes out to sow his seed on an uncultivated and unprepared field. It would, it would be foolish to do that. He spent days and days plowing and cultivating before planting. Why is it that we think it's any different when it comes to spiritual things? Scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Furthermore, Jesus said in Mark 4:24, "Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear." And let me say this: time invested in the word, meditating the word in fellowship with God, in the Word, is never wasted time. Without the Word, there's no knowledge. Without knowledge, there is no faith. And without faith, nothing works in the kingdom of God. It's so important for us to understand that. If you need a financial harvest, you will have to plant a financial seed. Not only sowing money into the work of God, but also sowing the incorruptible seed of the word in your heart, which will produce the faith that is needed to receive your harvest. And as the Lord ministered this word to me on that Sunday morning, the Spirit concluded the revelation he gave me by these words. He said, Son, if they do what you did, and if they put the hours of study and meditation into their giving like you did and arm themselves with knowledge, it will work for them just like it worked for you. I am no respecter of persons, he said. 
the word will work for anyone who will put it to work and exercise their faith in it. And that was that answer to my prayer that bothered me for quite a long time. You see, God wants us to become seed-minded rather than need-minded. Our job is not our source. God is. Your boss is not your source. Your business is not your source. God is the source of our supply. Now, God has many channels by which he can bless you, but they are just channels. God can use men. God can use investment. But remember that God is our source. The reason I believe we have a job is to obtain some seed so that we can have something to give. I mean, that's what Ephesians 4.28 says. Look at Ephesians 4.28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Did you hear that? Notice what this scripture says. You work with your hands what is good so that you may have something to give. The reason God gave you a job is to give you a seed. Once you have the seed and you know what to do with the seed, then you can be assured that the seed will multiply and give you a return according to your faith. 30 60 a hundredfold so as long as we have seed to sow we never have to go without just like a farmer and learning to live by these principles is a skill a skill that it takes time and practice to develop and to grow in it i didn't come to the stage where i am today overnight over years of studying the word practicing the word meditating on the word listening to the word you build your faith you build the knowledge that you have of the word and when we have the faith our attitude changes and i have learned through the years that whenever i have a need i sow a seed this is how my wife and I have operated now for many years. We have no debts. We don't borrow. We owe no man anything except to love them. I've learned to function and operate by the principles that I am teaching you today. I'm not teaching you something I read in a book or just because it's in the Bible. I have tested and tried the word that I am preaching to you, and I can testify that it works if you know how to put it to work. When I have a need, I talk to God about it. Lord, what kind of seed do you want me to sow? And I wait until I hear. He will let me know somehow. He may not answer me the same day, but sure, he will answer me sometime and he will reveal to me the kind of seed that I need to sow. I recall a number of years ago, I wanted to buy a car, but I didn't want to borrow. I didn't want to go to the bank. So I began to talk to the Lord about it. Lord, this is what I desire. 
You told me in the word that whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. And I know if I am going to receive a harvest, I need to sow a seed. So please reveal your will to me, show me. And in during the conversation a few days afterwards, one of our members many years ago, now I'm talking about over 20 years ago, was in need to purchase a car. And so in talking to the Lord about it, he gave me a figure that I wanted to, um, that I needed to sow. So I sowed that kind of money into their lives so that they could be able to buy that car that they wanted. And so I began to believe you know, it took me a long while for that harvest to come. I could say about two years. And and uh, during that time, I became impatient. I almost was tempted to go to the bank because no harvest was coming. But then I, I decided, I made a quality decision that I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to go to the bank. And sure enough, after a while, over two years, the harvest came in. I went in and purchased that car, and I purchased it cash. And that's how we lived with my wife. If I didn't have the money, I wouldn't buy it. I would definitely not go into debt. And the Bible teaches us not to go into excessive debt because it's destructive. Anyway, before I conclude this series on this particular teaching, I would like to also add the following because it's very important. As I have mentioned to you, in introducing the subject that I've introduced and the answer to my question, how that answer was hidden in Proverbs 24 and verse 3 and 4, and we're going to read it once again. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Notice that together with knowledge... We must also acquire wisdom and understanding before we can build and establish a financial base from which we can operate from. This is so important. Why do I say that? Wisdom and understanding enables us to make sound and wise decisions where our finances are concerned. They will protect us from unwise investments and foolish decisions which could ruin us financially. Through the years of being a pastor, being in the ministry, I have watched believers, good-meaning people, make foolish decisions where the finances are concerned. And as a result, they suffered tremendous losses, all because of unwise decisions. I have also observed others go into excessive debt by buying things they shouldn't have bought in the first place. And as a result, they struggle financially for years. It's important that we gain understanding as well as wisdom together with the three spiritual laws I have mentioned to you. You can continue to sow, you can continue to give, but if you don't have the wisdom to manage your finances, it will do you no good. 
and and watching people that have suffered financially, even though they were giving their tithes, they were giving the offerings. I've watched and I saw through the years how the decisions they made was foolish. They would go and buy a house they shouldn't have bought. They would go and buy a car they shouldn't have bought. Instead of saving during the good years, they squandered uh, uh, the, 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 the money that was coming in. So when the lean times came, they have no reserves to, to stand on, no reserves to rely on. You know, it's good to give, but it's also good to save. We need to learn how to save as well. Amen? Are you out there? And I've watched through this COVID-19, the disasters all around us. People are living from hand to mouth. I, I'm amazed how many people don't even have savings. And if they don't get paid in one month, they are in trouble. It shouldn't be that way. That's why I said we need wisdom and we need understanding. Notice, please, what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through to 16 says. Underline these verses and memorize them and meditate on them. Proverbs 3, verse, 16, verse 13 through 16. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Speaking about wisdom. Wisdom, I believe, will attract riches and honor to us. It will help us build a secure financial foundation beneath our feet. And that foundation will hold us up in all kinds of circumstances and situations and will see us through when we go through a shaking or through drought and famine, like we are seeing today all over the world. Also, wisdom will guide you when to buy, when to sell, when to wait, when to invest, and where to invest. This is also part of God's plan. When to sow and when to reap what is sown. Wisdom will also enable you to create and establish, I believe, a multiple stream of income so that one when one source or one channel rather dries up, the others continue to function. The Lord is able to take you into that place. Wisdom, understanding and knowledge working together in your life, I believe will elevate you in the highest place. Not just financially, but in all areas of life. One of the things that I've always prayed for my life, for myself, for my ministry was, Lord, I covered your wisdom. I covered spiritual understanding. There's a beautiful prayer in the book of Colossians in the first chapter where the apostle Paul praying for the church says, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There you see those three things once again, wisdom, 
understanding and knowledge. In conclusion, let us therefore pursue and seek wisdom for the scripture says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. And I trust that you've been blessed through this two-part series of teaching because it's a very important subject. Many marriages have collapsed because of financial problems. Many businesses have collapsed because they had no reserves. And we, we see it all around us. Many families are struggling today, unable to put foot on the table. And this is not the will of God for his children. I don't believe for one moment. Lack and poverty is not part of God's blessing. So I trust that you will get into the word of God, that you will understand how God works in his kingdom, that you will apply those principles in your life after you study them and meditated on them. And I trust that you will see fruit and results from your obedience in that sphere and in that area of your life. Let's conclude in prayer before we open it up, perhaps for testimonies or any questions you may have. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. It is written in Psalm 107 and verse 20 that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us, Lord, from our destructions. Poverty and lack is destructive, dear Lord, and it is not the will, your will for your children to go hungry, for your children to go through lack and poverty. But you have made a way, Father. Jesus, your word says, though he was rich, he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. We thank you for giving us the means, the principles, the way in which you, Father, are able to bless us. Teach us, open our eyes, our understanding, so that we may understand how you work in this area and enable us by your grace to put into practice the word that we hear in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.